Father, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for utterance today to be spoken. I pray, Lord, that your saints here would be encouraged. They'd be edified and that they would be built up this morning. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen Amen. and Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. This morning I'm going to bring uh, the first part of a two-part message called Press Through Until You Break Through. Now the word press means to steadily apply weight or force. It means to move by force in a certain direction or in a certain position. Now, we are going to talk about some examples of breakthrough uh, next week. We're going to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. We're going to look in depth at Nehemiah's life. But I want to talk a while this morning on that he is, in fact, the God of the breakthrough. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, it tells the story of how David defeated the Philistines in the valley of Rephaim. And after that, he called it Baal-perazim. In 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17 through 20. Ready, read with me. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they all went up to find him. But he heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. David inquired of the Lord. Now stop right there. Is it a good thing to inquire of the Lord? He asked the question, and I'll go from here. Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will surely deliver them into your hand. And David came to Baal Perazim and smote them there and said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me, like the bursting of great waters. So he called the name of that place Baal Perazim, the Lord of breaking through. And I say to you this morning that that's exactly who it is, who he is for you. Now, the English Standard Version in 1 Chronicles 14.11 says something that I like, and I want to work with that just for a moment. It says, he went up to Baal-perazim, and David struck them down there. And David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand. Like what? Like a bursting flood. Oh, glory to God. David likened the power of God, the breakthrough power of God, like a bursting flood. He was saying this, when the God of breakthrough shows up in your life, it releases power. And he's saying this, that it'll be like a flood of his goodness, a flood of his favor, a flood of healing, a flood of golden opportunities. It will be a flood that will literally drown all your enemies. And cause you to break through. Now this morning, you may be looking at some difficulties. All of us that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer some persecution. We shall all face trouble as Christians. Amen? You may be facing a difficulty 
in your life. But I'm here to tell you that there is nothing that is impassable and that there is nothing that is unobtainable if you will put your faith and your trust in the God of the breakthrough. Hallelujah. Get ready. Get ready this morning for a flood of God's favor. A tidal wave of His goodness. A flood of healing. And a a, a tsunami of increase. Glory to God. Say with me, I am ready. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. So here's what we need to do. Is we need to give the God of the breakthrough something to work with. Now I love Ephesians 3.20 and we're going to look at it in the King James Version. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now unto him that is able to do. He's able. He's all powerful. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And what is it according to? It's according to this power that is at work in us. So there's an activation of his power that can take place in our lives that gives the God of the breakthrough, glory to God, permission to do some awesome things. Now, what, what is this power? Well, we know it's Holy Ghost power, but it's also the power of believing and it's the power of faith that God has placed on the inside of you. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19, Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus, and here's what he's praying. He says, I'm praying that the exceeding greatness of his power, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. What he's talking about here is resurrection power. And he says, this power is is exceeding. The same word over there in Ephesians 3.20, where he is able to do exceeding. Come on. And so he said over there in Ephesians 1.19, he said, And what is the exceeding greatness of this power, which is manifested toward those who believe? How important is it that you and I learn to live by faith? How important is it for you and I to take this God kind of faith that he's placed on the inside of us and use it and manifest his power in our lives? It is to us word who believe. You know, we don't have a choice about it. I guess we do have a choice. But you know, if we really want to please God, we must regulate and live our lives by faith. There are two different lifestyles that you can live. And most Christians don't live by faith. I'm not putting that down. That's just a reality. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, it says this. For we walk by faith and what? Not by sight. It tells us two two ways to live. Living by sight is living by the natural realm. Many people live that way. Most people live that way. But not you. And not me. For we walk by faith. We live by faith. We talk by faith. We regulate our lives by faith. Now listen to this statement. This is worth your drive in today. Walking by faith is walking by the sight of a higher kind. 
So if we're going to experience breakthroughs that he so much wants to give us, we must then plug into his breakthrough power with our faith. Have you discovered that all things are possible to him that believeth? Now in Micah chapter 2, we see another side of the God of the breakthrough. I want you to notice this in verse 12 and verse 13. Here we see the promise of the restoration of Israel from captivity. In Micah 2 verse 12, he says, I will gather together all of you, O Jacob. I will surely collect the remnant of Israel. I will bring them, Israel, together like a sheep in a fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They, the fold and the pasture, shall swarm with men and hum with much noise. Now I want you to read verse 13 with me. You ready? Let's read. The breaker, the Messiah, will go up before them. They will break through, pass in through the gate, and go out through it. And their king will pass on before them, the Lord at their head. Oh man, that just does something for me. It says, the breaker who goes before. Do we not have a Messiah? Do we not have a breaker that has gone before us and triumphed over death, hell, and the grave? But not only did he do that, but he blazed a way and he blazed a trail for you and for me. You see, the truth of the matter is, the God of the breakthrough will always go before you if you will put him first place in your life. That's it. The God of the breakthrough will always make a way where seemingly there is no way. If you will be all in for him, he will be all in for you. Amen. Amen. Say it with me, the God of the breakthrough... Is visiting my house today. But I love what he says here. He says, the God of the breakthrough, the breaker will go before you. I wonder this morning, is there anybody in this house that can testify that the God of the breakthrough has gone before you a multitude of times in your life? Where you thought you just weren't going to make it. Where you thought you were down for the 10 count. But oh, hallelujah. Suddenly the Holy Ghost, the Messiah broke through for you. Can anyone testify that once they were sick, but now they're healed? Can anyone testify that once your kids were rebellious and on their way to hell, but now glory to God, they're singing the praises of God. Can anyone testify to me today that your cupboards one time were empty, but now your cupboards are full because he is the God of the breakthrough. You see, he goes before you. He went before me. He went before Brenda and saw to it that he took a guy from the north and a girl from the south and brought us together. Give the God of the breakthrough some praise today. You've got to praise him in this house. Praise him in this house. Woo, hallelujah. Well, somebody says, not everything that I believe God has come to pass yet. Just hold fast. Don't you give up. The God of the breakthrough is on the move for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's on the move. He's on the move in my life. Hallelujah. He delights in breaking through. 
and creating an opening for you. Now, I, I found some definitions for breakthrough that are just awesome. Listen to this. Breakthrough is a movement or advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's frontline defense. And I like this one. Breakthrough is an act or instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or a restriction. You know, we've had moments of breakthrough in this church. I want to take a few moments and just rehearse what the Lord has done. You know, it's good to look back and see what the Lord has done. We sing that song, Look What the Lord Has Done. I want to go back to 1982 when we were looking, 1984, when we were looking for a building that would be big enough to house us. We went over to Marina High School over there in San Leandro. And we really had our heart and our minds set on having church in that building. It was a big building. It was a big facility. But at that time, there was also uh, a USL football team that wanted to use the same facility. And so we had to go before the San Lorenzo School District. And they were there and I was there. And I was a lot cockier then than I am today. (laughs) I've had some things burned out of me. But I'm not so sure I wasn't inspired of the Holy Ghost to say this. This was right after the Raiders went to L.A. Everyone go, boo. (laughs) This was right after the Raiders went to L.A. And I stood up at that district meeting and I said, well, everyone knows that football teams come and go in the Bay Area. (laughs) And I thought, hmm. And they did. But we got the breakthrough. We got the building. We got the facility. And we were there from 1984 to 1989. How many of you were with us in San Leandro in those days? Man, those were some awesome days. And then over in 1990, we moved over to 20450 Royal Avenue. How many of you were with us over on Royal Ave? Amen. And uh, we leased about 30 to 40,000 square feet from the San Lorenzo School District. And I said, can we build our own building on your property? That's unheard of. And they said, sure. They didn't have enough parking. I said, can you put a parking lot on your facility, on your land for us? And they said, sure. So we put our own building on there. We had a parking lot that we had to pay for over a period of 10 years. And then it's time to move. And I'm thinking... How's this going to happen? How's, what's, what's going on, Lord? Kenneth E. Hagin sat in a blue chair during a Holy Ghost meeting in 1995, and he began to pray, Oh, Lord, yes, Jesus, yeah. He'd say things like, Lord, I see that. I see that, yep, yep, yep. Oh, no, I won't tell him if you don't want me to. <laughs> he was like that. <laughs> he was just like that. Yep, 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 yep. They'll have to pray through it for it to come to them. And he started the prayer out by, what about this present facility? What about this place, you know? He's praying about it. Well, it got time to move. And I approached the San Lorenzo School District. I said, how would you like to buy our building on your property? (laughs) Pastor Tom was a part of that negotiation. They said, sure, we'll do it. (laughs) We sold that 12,000 square foot building to the school district. 
for just about the same amount of money that we had into the building. Oh, glory to God. That's the God of the breakthrough. But I want you to know that the Spirit of the Lord was working through Brother Hagen. The Spirit of the Lord was working through the prayers of the saints and through the Spirit of faith. And so we got the manifestation of that. And then this building came open. And this building was a big project. So we purchased it in 2003. And we had to go before the school, not the school district, but the city of Hayward to get approval to get a conditional use permit to have church in here. Because it was a commercial property. Well, we went before the planning commission twice. And the planning commission gave us a 4-3 vote in our favor. We're thinking, thank you, Lord. Breakthrough, breakthrough. All of a sudden, we hear the bad news. Someone appealed it. An appeal means it needs to go to the higher court in the city called the city council. <laughs> Some of you were there in the city council chambers that night. We went in there with about 100, 150 people into the city council chambers. And the same person that didn't want us in there. I'm talking about the God of the breakthrough. Made a motion to approve us to have church in here. And we didn't get a 4-3 vote. We got a 7-0 vote. Now, I don't know if you know what that means. But in California, they do not like giving up land. I know of churches right now that are desperately looking for property and cities are closed to them. God gave us favor. We didn't get this in our own strength. We didn't get this in our own might. We got this because He loves us and because He's the God of the breakthrough. Oh, hallelujah. And then... We had this property from 2003 to 2007 where we paid a pretty hefty amount on the loan we had on it. We couldn't have church here because structurally, we need to have structural engineering. We needed to do all this work. Plus, we needed to obtain a loan. And so, finally, in 2007, we got a loan, or 2006, we got a loan to be able to refurbish this. You are sitting in a building of 36,000 square foot that's brand new on the inside. Amen. And no more shall God's name be used in vain. God shall be praised in this place. Amen. Come on, can you lift your hands and give him praise? So, so we got, I mean, we got a large loan for it. God just gave us favor with this one guy. It was amazing. And then how many of you know what happened in 2008? 2008 hit and the economy crashed. If we had applied for that loan, PT, in 2008, we never would have got it. We'd still be over there on Royal Avenue. But how many of you know the God who goes before us, the Lord of the breakthrough, knew that ahead of time? Come on, somebody. And so we've had this loan with this organization for 10 years. When 2008 hit and the, things cra- the economy crashed, this company began to put the squeeze on us. And we had to do all sorts of things to make sure we were in compliance. Every jot, every tittle. And that's a good thing. But it brought a lot of restrictions. It brought a lot of restrictions. Now listen to this definition again. An act or instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or a restriction. Pastor Tom and I stood outside on Tuesday morning and welcomed the president 
of a brand new bank to tour our facilities. And the way that we connected with that bank was a miracle. There was a guy who said, have you thought of this bank over in Sacramento? I said, no, I don't even have any heard of him. I called the guy. Turned out the guy was from Minnesota and lived in one of the towns that we pastored in in the 70s. <laughs> Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. So the president, we had an immediate connect. He sat down in my office. He says, your loan is approved. Your loan is approved. So what this means to us is we don't have the restrictions that we've had for 10 years. We don't have to refi every three years. We don't have to spend 60, 70,000 on a refi. Not only that, we don't have to have a audited uh, financial statement from a CPA, which is $18,000 a year. We need to have a CPA prepared, which will be done decently in order. But I'm telling you what, God's on the move for us. And not only that, but our payment is going to be just about $6,000 less. Come on, somebody. Now, folks, this is a breakthrough for us. This is a breakthrough for you. We still have to meet our budget. We still have to, you know, we still have a pretty good hefty payment. But, oh, it ain't like it was. So God is moving. God is moving. He's the God of the breakthrough. So I think as a church, you know, I started working on this in 2016 with Brenda and Ingrid. And you know what? Only the grace of God was able to keep us strong during those times. I'm telling you what, he is so faithful and he's so good to us. But you know, that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is this. You and I are, are, are heading toward the land of completely being debt free. Completely being debt free. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that all of our debts are being reduced. And all of our debts are being eliminated. And I don't put pressure on anyone. You know that I've been here for 35 years. We don't believe in pressuring anybody. We believe in being a blessing. And God just overtakes us with his blessing. Somebody says, Pastor Mark, how in the world can that happen? Only by the Spirit. Only by the Lord of the breakthrough. Somebody says, has something like that happened before? Our oldest son, John, who is associate pastor down in Santa Monica in California, they were given a $30 million building for $1. One dollar. One dollar. That's what John said last week. You know the, the, the movie Father of the Bride? With the wedding scene in there? That's the church they own. In the wealthiest real estate in California, a Baptist church had run their race. They had run their course. And they said, we like what you guys are doing. We like what... Don't you know the God of the breakthrough went before that pastor? He came all the way from the UK to the United States of America. And now their church owns this beautiful property. I'm telling you, all things are possible to him that believeth. 
There's a church in Irvine by the name of uh, Mariner's Church. John was on that staff for seven or eight years. Someone just paid their debt off with a check for $23 million. Don't tell me my God's not alive. Don't tell me that my God can't supply your need. Pay your PG&E bill. See to it that you get a promotion. Save your babies. Put food in your cupboard. Don't tell me that my God is going to leave you short. You serve a good God. You serve a big God. You serve a great God. He's the God of the breakthrough. You never want to limit God, the God of the breakthrough, to monetary and financial. That's just a very small part of what he wants to do in you and through you. Come on, and for you. I'm prophesying to you in the name of Jesus, jobs. I'm prophesying to you, your children coming from afar. I'm prophesying in the name of Jesus, you rising up and being the man and the woman of God that called you, God called you to be. So will you rejoice with us a little bit? Listen to this. Definitions. I warned you now. We're going to preach a little while longer. A breakthrough is a significant or sudden advance, a development, an achievement or increase that removes a barrier to progress. Is there any barriers that you're facing? Let the God of the breakthrough go before you. One person said it this way. It is an explosion of his goodness. It's when suddenly God releases his power in such a way that it overwhelms you and drives out your enemies. No matter what you're facing. No matter how impossible things may look. No matter how the odds may seem to be against you, always remember that God is for you. And if God be for you, who can? Come on. Who can be against you? If the Lord is on your side, hallelujah. What do you fear? We have nothing to be afraid of. The Lord gave me a specific word. For several of you in between service today. If it's too cool in here, make sure that it's not. But listen to me very carefully. I believe this. That continual decoration, declarations of God's favor and God's goodness and of His breakthrough power. Continue declarations of those things will bring continuous manifestation. I'm going to go Mario Murillo on you. Who give me five more minutes right now? Five, ten, fifteen. Okay, thank you. So keep expecting. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. For heaven's sake, don't quit. Listen to Jerry Savelle yesterday. He was visiting a church. He showed up and the pastor had just quit the night before. His wife came out and said, I'm sorry, he's left. He's burnt out. He's discouraged. She said, can you handle the service? He said, yes, I can. He walked out there and he said, your pastor quit. He says, well, I'm going to preach a message to you called don't quit. And I'm preaching to you today, to many of you, don't you dare quit.
And here's what the Spirit of the Lord inspired me with in between services. And that's this word. Don't break down on the verge of a breakthrough. Don't break down on the verge of a breakthrough. And the second part of that was this. Don't shut down when you're on the verge of a breakthrough. Let's talk about it. Number one, we must not break down. We must do what Hebrews says to do. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Because always remember, God is faithful. God is faithful. In the valley, He's faithful. On the mountaintop, He's faithful. In the plains, He's faithful. At 10 a.m., He's faithful. At 12 noon, He's faithful. At 5 p.m., in the midst of traffic, He is faithful. At 8 p.m., He's faithful. And in your midnight hour, just like Paul and Silas, they were tempted to quit. But instead of throwing up their hands and saying, I quit, they threw up their hands and praised and talked about the goodness of God. Don't break down. Don't shut down. Don't separate yourselves from people that can help you on the road to your breakthrough. See, the temptation is to get into this situation where we're feeling badly about something, feeling poorly about ourselves, maybe the pressure's gotten so great that we just sometimes we want to shut down and separate ourselves from the very thing that God has placed in our lives to encourage us and to help us. That's the importance of having prayer partners. That's the importance of the local church. That's the importance of hearing a word from heaven because I know it's to be true that one word from heaven, it can change your life forever. One word from heaven can turn things around. I'm talking about in the moment of time, God can take you out of debt, take you out of cancer, take you out of darkness and bring you into the kingdom of his dear son. Don't break down. Don't break down. Don't shut down. You see, we are made partakers of Christ if we will but hold fast the beginning of our camp confidence to the end. The Lord instructed me to say this. Many people are breaking down because they're taking the weight of the cares of this life upon their own shoulders. Here's what the Lord is saying to us today. Once you cast your cares on me, keep all of them on me. Fight to stay in the rest of God. Don't separate yourself. Don't close your Bible. Don't start church hopping and looking for the magical pill in the magical church. Amen. And then, here's what he said. Tell my people to run to me. (laughs) Run to me. 
draw near. Draw near without fear. Draw near. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Don't shut down. Don't back away. But turn around now and draw near to me. And here's what the Spirit of the Lord instructed me to say. From Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Come on. He's got big arms. He's got big arms. Why don't you come to him? And let him take those everlasting arms and just embrace you. Listen to this. The eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. And he shall thrust out the enemy from before you. And shall say, destroy them. Glory to God. That's a word for many of you today. I can't tell you the number of times where I have felt like shutting down. No, I'm not talking about depression or suicide. I'm just talking about looking for the greener pastures. How many of you know that greener pastures syndrome is a lie straight from the pit of hell? Well, you go find another church, they'll appreciate you more. Or they don't appreciate me in this church. Let me go find a church where they'll really appreciate my gift. Oh, Jesus. Everyone say, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Aren't you glad we don't have to live by how we feel? You know something? Your feelings are absolutely gnarly. Sometimes you just feel great. I can take on anything. Other times you feel like 30 yards of muddy road. I want to close with this thought. There is always a sound that God wants to hear from us that initiates his role as the breaker. The sound is the sound of faith-filled words, but also it is the sound of praise and worship coming out of your mouth. And let me summarize this to you quickly. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we see the three nations came against Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel. And when they found that out, they fasted and prayed. They didn't withdraw. They didn't shut down. They drew near. They fasted. They sought the Lord and they prayed. But then they started rehearsing who God is to them. They started talking about past victories and who God is and what he'll do. Don't you know their faith got strong? And they said, you know, quite frankly, we don't know what we're going to do, but my eyes are on you. Look up toward heaven and say, my eyes, they're on you. Now, don't you know that in the midst of a situation like that, the Holy Ghost will come and speak to you? The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehiel. And here's what he said. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle. The battle. 
is not yours. But whose battle is it? The battle is not yours, but is the Lord. And in verse 17, we pick it up quickly. He said in 2 Chronicles 20, you won't need to fight in this battle. But here's what you do. Set yourselves. Stand still. And you will see the salvation and the deliverance of the Lord, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, be not dismayed. For tomorrow, go out against them. For the Lord shall be with you. In verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down. And he began just to worship God. And to thank God. Because he knew the God of the breakthrough was about to go before them. And when he got up, the whole nation stood up. And they started praising God. Say it with me. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Uh, Verse 20, it says, And they rose early in the morning, and they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. Judah literally means praise. And you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe, have faith in God. And you will be established. Your thoughts will be established. Believe his prophets and you're going to prosper. How many of you know we got something to believe? We got 66 books to believe. You want to prosper? Believe the word of the Lord. In verse 21, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army. And here's what they said. Let's say it twice. Praise ye the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. One more time, real strong. Praise ye the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Seems kind of crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, crazy to the natural man, but ever so accurate in the spirit realm. Now notice what happened. And when they began to sing and to praise, what if they hadn't? Would they have gotten their breakthrough? No. When they started, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come out against praise, and they were smitten. Get the picture as our praise team comes back to the platform. Get the picture. Jehoshaphat, all he had to do was to send his praise and worship singers ahead of him. And this sound initiated the coming of the breaker on the scene. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said it initiated the sound of praise. Glory to God. Initiated the God of the breakthrough. Woo! Glory to God. He became an enemy to their enemies. And I want you to know, he is a major enemy to all your enemies. I'm doing my best. Glory to God. Praise is a sound that he wants to hear in these last five or ten minutes of these service. Because he wants... To move ahead of you as your breaker. And he wants to bring a breakthrough for you. Oh, just two more verses. Are you ready? 
And when Jehoshaphat and his people, verse 25, came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them an abundance, both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering up the spoil. It was so much. When they started praising God, they started smiting one another. They killed one another. They were so confused. And listen, praise stills the avenger. And God inhabits the praises of his people. I said, God inhabits. What about this section over here? God inhabits the praises of his people. Come on, stand up, everybody. Stand up, everybody. Now, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. I checked in with Brother Andy's church about 4.30 this morning. I want to see how long they went. They went four hours. Four hours. It's 12.25. I did pretty good. But listen, I believe that we ought to take at least... Five minutes and give God some serious praise. And give God some serious praise. We started this service out in praise and we're going to end it in praise. Lift up your hands and pray this with me. God of the breakthrough, go before me now. I thank you that you are an enemy to my enemies as you moved for them in the old covenant how much more shall you move on my behalf because I have a better covenant and it is established on better promises somebody says are you done preaching I'm done preaching but I'm not done praising let's praise him